0: And when we say always, we mean 24 7,
1: 365. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 1875 podcast. My name is Andy Watson, and I'm here to talk to you about a a topic that is very close to my heart in a way about real fandom and. People who call themselves fans but don't get to see the Rovers very much—it's quite a divisive topic, as I found out whilst researching this podcast. Um, I hope everybody out there is okay with the families. A very difficult time for us all at the moment with this ongoing lockdown, and I'm hoping that the next hour or so can provide you with some entertainment and that takes your mind off it a little bit. Um, Let's just start with a little bit about myself. Um, I've been a Rovers fan. Um, Ever since I was born, I was born and brought up in Blackburn for the first 18 years of my life. used to have a season ticket um, down at Ewood in the Riverside stand. And since I've moved away to university, I I haven't got to see the Rovers as much as I would like. And certainly now I've got a very young family. Um, I haven't been down to Ewood since 2017, since my son was born. Um, I've been to two away matches this season I usually get to at least two or three away matches every season um, and I was wondering in my darkest moments I wonder whether I can really still call myself a fan but when I really think about it I know that I am in my heart I'm a Blackburn Rovers fan I do a lot of work obviously with Rovers Chat website I run the stats show I do, um, I'm do. i doing some quizzes at the moment for um, the Rovers Chat and hopefully you guys have been joining with those as well they're on every every other Tuesday at the moment So I know that I am, but I'm interested in the opinions of others who believe that you need to see your team far more often than I get to see them um, to be classed as a real fan. But it does put people who live a long way away and who have uh, other important things in their lives, like family, maybe like illness, maybe like financial constraints, and how they would feel about those opinions. Anyway, I ran a few polls in research for this. And on Twitter, I found that over half of people believe that you need to see your club six or more times a season to be able to be classed as a real fan. And I think if you live, if you have the means and you live locally, then I think that's fairly reasonable, really. Um, I'd definitely love to go and see them more often if I lived closer or if I had an older family or or not a family at all, then maybe I would do. Um, But That's just not the case for a lot of people. I know a lot of people in on Facebook where I put some polls and got some interesting comments back. A lot of people, obviously, who live further away, use Facebook as a means to talk to other people who support Rovers. And so they got. there's a lot of comments in there about not being able to go regularly. And as I said, that's completely understandable. But also, you know, people saying you really do need to go and see these players before you... Have a go at them on social media or and things like that. We've a lot of people, players, especially maybe without, within our fan base, get um, tarred with a very thick brush sometimes on social media um, with a lot of people who don't necessarily see the games themselves. So, and that leads and and that sort of propagates certain um, issues that a lot of our players have, have certainly faced over the course of the last few years since social media became such a big thing. But social media can be a very positive thing as well, and you know I find out through my chats with the people that we're going to talk to that that is a valid way of following the club. Um, you, you just got to be careful with who you listen to and the colour that you get through it. Now, um, I, I kind of scouted across people that I knew, um, fellow Rovers chat writers, um, people on Twitter to get a, a varied group of people to talk to about this issue and um, we'll start with a very close friend of mine, Tony Vino, who um, I went to school with and we have a, a similar sort of issue at the moment. I live in Stockton-on-Tees and uh, Tony actually lives even further away, lives in Edinburgh at the moment he's just had a, a young son, um, Jack, and got married this year so lots of things have changed for him in a very short amount of time. Um, like me in his mid-30s has a season ticket with Rovers as well and I just thought I'd give him a quick ring at the start of this process to kind of get his opinion on his Rovers fandom and whether he has the same doubts as I do These days you're you're not anywhere near Blackburn and that kind of is why you're on the podcast but let's go back and and, you know was it always going to be blackburn for you is it a family thing was it just because you were born near the ground or or what what's the crack with it how did you start supporting rovers
2: i've never known uh, any other team basically um i think it was a combination of everything you've just said um obviously the local team i'm one of these people that think you can't support anybody except your local team really um Family thing, my dad was the person that took us down, although he does have a, a least connection to the other side, the dark side of uh, of Lancashire, as his brother used to take him to Turf Moor occasionally, but um, mm-hmm. I like to think that I persuaded him to take me down to him, but to be honest, I was sick, so it was probably more the other way around that he took me, but yeah, it's the first game, uh, sort of 1991-ish, 92 season, I think, it was home to Swindon Town, with 1-2-1, and never, never looked back since. I was at that game. I didn't even know we were at that game
1: at the same time. I was at that game, yeah. Uh, okay. um, so, obviously, that's quite a good time, in a way, to start supporting Rovers, I know from experience. Like, Tell us a couple of your highlights. Yeah. Of your, I mean, I think we'll probably guess what the highlights are going to be, but you tell us. What's, what's been the kind of the best times for you to be a Rover supporter?
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I don't, don't want to be too obvious. The, the Premiership win I would like to sit here and say is the, the thing that I, I cherish the most. But to be quite honest with you, being 10 years old, it's a little bit different. You, when you tend to, if I'd have been 20, I'd have probably, I probably remembered far less of the day, but I would have, yeah. it would have meant a lot more to me at the time. But uh, yeah, the the pre- the Premiership win, obviously the Wellington Cup win, uh, which I attended, and my dad had a little spot on Sky Sports News for, for ten seconds on that as well. Um, but actually, randomly, I was thinking about this, and one of the biggest highlights for me was when we it was a FA Cup game at Ewood Park um, against Burnley. It was two one. I actually went to that game by myself for some reason. Uh, my dad and my sister couldn't make it, and the noise when Penison scored in like the 87th minute is just something I'll I'll never forget I ended up and also it was in the Jack Walker stand which is not known for its raucousness but I mean I would love to have seen myself running all the way down row 17 like a lunatic and then pretty much five minutes after that being stood at the Fernhurst car park waving goodbye to the coaches uh, going in the opposite direction just a great night Um so that would for some reason that sticks in my head um, and then obviously 5 0 at home against the same team. It's also pretty memorable. Yeah. i like that that was the last game we played against them, but sadly not. But I'm going to yeah. keep that way in my head. I don't remember any others.
1: Um, so we, we're only to, the reason that I've kind of asked you to come on here obviously, we're, we're very good friends, but you made the decision quite some time ago now and you don't live anywhere near the stadium. Um, nope. kind of how often do you get to go to to Rovers matches now? What's what's your current circumstances?
2: So yeah, I'm I'm in Edinburgh, um, despite the accent not going away. I've been up here for five or six years now. Um and I tend to get to three or four home games a season now. I'd like to like to get to more, but if it's a midweek game it just just doesn't happen and obviously Saturday, three o'clock kickoffs aren't quite as, uh, as often anymore. So I tend to get to about three or four home games a season and then try to get to a couple of away matches as well.
1: And do you do you find a massive difference between the home and the away matches? Um, do you prefer going home or away or is it just seeing the Rovers that's kind of the only it's, thing?
2: To be honest, oh. it's just seeing the Rovers. I think, to be honest, the, I tend to make more of a, a day of it when it's um, an away game. I um, tend to, at the moment, drag several other willing Scotsman down to try and convert them to, to Rob's fans and been to some random places over the last few years so I went to Fleetwood away went to Stoke trying to convince someone that going away to Fleetwood or Stoke for a weekend isn't the easiest thing to do especially if it's not your team you're following but I tend to find the atmosphere at the away games everyone's there they've made an extra effort to go and attend so they've not you know as much as I love going down to where you would and always will, there is sometimes an element of people wanting to just go and and have a whinge at the game. And you don't get that when you go to an away match. Everyone's just uh, tanked up and and having a a good sing-along and having a good shout. and it's uh, Yeah, so for me, every match feels like an away match, obviously, because I'm having to make the effort to travel. But um, yeah, not as often as I used to be able to, but Scotland's not a million miles away. It's only three hours, so it's easy enough.
1: So are you finding it like cuz you used to be season ticket holder like you said in the Jack Walker stand you went for lots and you probably a decade or more um quite regularly down to Ewood and you know probably some away matches then as well is it a massive difference now for you as a do you feel still as attached to the club as you did then or you know has Yeah came- I,
2: I I do personally, but I've I've never you know the thought of switching allegiances has never crossed my mind um I think you know it doesn't matter what division you're in or how far you're away. If you start supporting the club when you're six or seven years old, um, I mean, even in that time I know there's been down in League One, but I can't really complain at the fact that my local club's been in the Premier League, been in Europe, been in the Champions League. You know, it's I, I still feel now as as attached as uh, I did when I started going, if not more, because uh, the the more you, the longer you go, the, the closer you get.
1: So in preparation for this kind of podcast, I put a poll out on Twitter and, and asked people, like, can can you be classed as a real fan? How many matches do you need to go to to be classed as a real fan? Which, you know, I hate the term real fan anyway. And obviously these things all matter on your personal circumstances. Yeah. But you're like living a long way away. It's, you know, a four hour, five hour commute to Rovers. And you have, and we'll maybe talk about, you've got a little boy as well. So that's yeah. changed recently for you and obviously you got married and, and all that sort of stuff. So that's often a reason for people not to carry on going to matches as much. Um, 52% of people say that you need to go to six or more um, to be kind of classed as a real fan. Is that something that you agree with or or not?
2: I'm not, I'm not sure I do agree with it because the thing is, is everyone's circumstances are different, like you say. So, I mean... If, in an ideal world, you could afford to go to whatever game you wanted to, then I think six or seven games is a reasonable assumption. But, you know, if if you're a family of, of four and you're wanting to go to a game, as I think, to be honest, Rowers is a pretty reasonable ground to go to. But even so, you're still talking like 25 quid a ticket for an adult. You know, th- th- there's various offers on. But to do that six times a season for four, three or four people, it's, it's hundreds of pounds and, and people don't necessarily have that. I think with the methods that are available now to follow your team, you, you, I will always prefer being at a live game, but I don't necessarily think that you need to be there in person to, to be close to a club. I mean, if you're from Australia or Germany, it, how are we going to get six games a season? Somebody that's in Blackburn that goes to six games a season against somebody in Australia that goes to one who's more of a fan. It's I don't think it can be measured by the amount of games that you attend.
1: Yeah, I can certainly see your point. So the final thing I want to ask you, um, you've got a little boy there in Edinburgh. You? Yeah. Um, you've said right at the start of our little chat there that you can't support anyone other than your local team. So <laughs> I have to ask you, what's what's going to happen there?
2: Well, yeah, I suppose you've got me there. I mean, the thing is, obviously, he will be able to make up his own mind, but I'm going to lead him heavily towards... Uh, Supporting the Rovers, but he may well, through school and through his mates, end up supporting an Edinburgh team. Won't be tied it because, I mean, if you've seen any Scottish football in the last three or four years, you'll know that. (laughs) I mean, I think I I was tempted to try and take him to an Edinburgh City game because it's a smaller club. It's a local club, a bit more grassroots football kind of level. I'd I'd like him to get involved in that way. But um, he's going to have absolutely no say on how he starts watching football. He'll be watching as many Robust games as I can hold his attention for at first.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Right, okay. That's a, that's contradicting yourself, but I, I'm 100% behind you in that decision. Um, thank I'm, I'm you one to- of many contradictions,
2: Andy, you know that.
1: <laughs> I wouldn't know. Right, thank <laughs> you for uh, taking your time out of your evening to speak to us, and um, I'll, I'll hopefully speak to you again soon, mate. Cheers. Thank, thank you. Me. So interesting to hear Tony's opinions there on kind of following Blackburn for as long as he has done and interesting to see if Jacovino will be also following the Rovers. Kind of caught him out a little bit there with the uh, supporting the one that's closest to um, where you live. And we're going to speak to someone now who definitely hadn't hasn't done that. Jonathan Secker is a Rovers Chat writer and um, you can see a lot of his work on the, on the website and gets to a lot of Rovers away games and will often report back on the ones that he does go to and it's always worth um, reading his stuff. He's also on the going to be on the quiz alongside Tony actually and on the 5th of May, um, the Rovers Chat live stream quiz, that'll be the final one of the quarterfinals that we're running. Um, but I caught up with Jonathan recently just to see what he thought about this situation. Hi, Jonathan. How are you? Yeah, very
3: well, thank you, Andy. Yeah, all good. Thank you.
1: you? Yeah, difficult time we're going through in the UK at the moment. I hope the family's okay.
3: Yeah, all, all good. It's like you say, a difficult time, but everyone's doing as well as they can.
1: Excellent. So, like, tell us a little bit about kind of where you, where are you from Blackburns? That way, support the Rovers, yeah. or is there like a different story? Yeah, to no, that? there Because um, obviously, you don't, you don't live in Blackburn now. No, no,
3: it's a completely different story. Actually, I am. Um, I live in a little village, which when I give the name of it i'm not sure many listeners will have ever heard of it but it's a little village called um outwell which is sort of on the cambridgeshire and norfolk border within east anglia which if i were to do the door-to-door journey from my house to ewood park that is 192 miles away so um yet no links no closeness in terms of proximity to the club It was just more when i was a when I was a, a youngster, just used to like him playing fo- playing football really. Few of the family members were Man United fans, which didn't really appeal to me. Though I'm sure there are some evidence possibly of me being forced to wear a kit when I was very young. But it was um just when I used to play, I used to play the position of a striker. I just always remember sort of like seeing and on the telly about Shearer as he sort of progressed to, at Southampton and they. They always used to talk about him as a young up-and-coming striker, sort of mentioned back to his first hat-trick he got against Arsenal in, in, in 88. And then it was when he um, signed for uh, Blackburn in July 92. That was sort of like me, right, this is the team I'm going to support when I was um, nine years old.
1: Yeah, I was going to ask how old you were then. So um, you, were, you I'm not going to say you jumped on the bandwagon because we weren't really that successful then, um, but you kind of followed a man and that man led you to the Yeah, field. yeah. Um so what happened what happened when Shera left for Newcastle why did you not just kind of jump then drove Rovers infected you Oh yeah, yeah definitely
3: infected infected me by then. I got I must say it, it absolutely broke my heart. I, I remember actually it was when it happened the summer it happened. I was actually on a, a school basketball camp and I was with um a, a Newcastle fan who actually um had great joy in breaking the news to me because obviously it wasn't as easy to find stuff out at uh, in, in 1996 but yeah certainly by that point i'd I'd been through the been through the thick and thing the blue and white was infected in, in in the blood and the decision was I was never never change
1: so you were obviously very young when we won the title as I think you're probably about the same age as I am actually and you know we remember it but we don't maybe love it as much as maybe someone who's slightly older but what would you say are your highlights so far of like supporting the rovers oh well, yeah i think
3: this, the premier league still is one i was just i was what well, i was um i was 11 so i was in my first year of, of high school and i do remember the day because i'd stayed at home with with my and we watched the blackburn game and sent my my, my brother and father to somewhere else to watch a Man United game because they were Man United fans. So, <laughs> so I do remember that. I do actually remember spending the last 10 minutes watching West Ham Man United as opposed to the, the Blackburn-Liverpool game. Um, so you know, I've, got, I've got a reasonable memory of that. I've got a much better memory of the, the Worthington Cup final when we beat Spurs, which obviously was replayed the other night on, on the Blackburn YouTube channel. And then probably the, the more recent memory since I've um, had my son who's now He's now eleven. He's um he's, he's a Blackburn supporter. Uh, it was never anything I forced on him. It's just something that he he really enjoyed, liked, etc. But I've had lots more memories with him really, and he's he's been lucky enough to be actually be mascot for Blackburn three times. Once at Ewood, um in the, the home game against Wolves, which was actually the the Venkis walkout game. So the eighteen seventy five, where people didn't come into the ground till the eighteenth minute and left on the seventy fifth minute. So that was a, a a really good experience for us both. And I of course, probably the, the promotion mm. season as well, getting to be at, at Doncaster to see us get promoted was was, was amazing. And also, actually, um, Oxford on the last day, because I'd obviously been to Ewood a few times myself when the ground was mm. full, knowing that Joshua only really started supporting Blackburn when we were on the decline. I was w- always worried that he'd never get to see a full Ewood Park. So to be able to to do take him to that and see like that, that's obviously a memory that
1: last forever hopefully we'll get a full year park pack again maybe even when this crisis finishes you know people are missing football so much maybe they will take the trip down it'd be good to see us getting um, higher attendances again um, so we know you live was it 192 miles away we know you've got a, a little a, a boy who is now a rovers fan and you said that happened naturally how often do you get to actually see the rovers then do you do you make special efforts go to away matches more than home matches you know obviously some matches will be closer to you that um away than home
3: yeah yeah we do we do a lot more away than home normally get to ewood uh two or three times a season normally um at the start and the end of the season. So I've only been once this year, which was the the Charlton first game of the season, but the less about that, the better. Last year managed to get four times, but certainly, yeah, a lot more times to do away games. So last year we went to um sixteen matches and twelve of those are away, which is the, the sort of like the most matches we've been to in the season. And then up until the, the break we have done um twelve games this year. Eleven of those were 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 away. And we we were due to go to sort of like um barnsley until they made the break i think one of the things that has been good is where we where we live we're quite able to get to london within a couple of hours a lot of the midland grounds within a couple of hours and um joshua sort of like does the uh, enjoys doing the ground hopping so he's well he he likes to get to his
1: back to the stadiums now joshua yeah
3: definitely yeah he's got he's got a uh, sort of like a, a picture on his wall where we go to a new ground he's able to scratch off the ground sort of like a scratch card style and reveal the kit to say you've been there so the, he's doing quite well at the age of 11 he's been to 28 grounds so far we were we had hoped to no, had hoped to get to more f- than i've been to yeah good. we had hoped to get up to 30 this year and um, i think barnsley and luton would have been new ones for us but probably might not happen this year
1: oh yeah a shame. so You've got a different experience to most people that are kind of on this podcast. You've always lived far away from Blackburn. You've never been a local. you probably get to more games than most, so maybe you'll have a different perspective on the question I'm about to put to you. Because I did a little bit of research into fan opinion before I started speaking to you guys, and 52% of people on Twitter said that you needed to go to at least six games, six or more games, to be classed as a, a true fan, a real fan, whatever Ridiculous term you want to label it, um, but you know a lot of people do say, and I can certainly see this valid opinion that if you're going to have a, a solid, valid opinion of how your team performs now of of individuals, then you need to see them on a regular basis. So where where do you kind of sit in that? Because obviously you just said you be you go to like in a you know a more than ten, probably less than twenty matches per season. Do you think that you need to kind of see the boys regularly to have a do I have a good opinion on that? Um,
3: I think I sit a little bit in the middle, really. I, I appreciate that it's not easy for everyone to be able to go. I have to admit, it's only since I um, have had 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 a son and had someone else to go with me that I've started going going a lot more. When I was younger, I never really had anyone to go to any of the matches with, but equally I was still always checking the scores, first one to see, watching the many, many games on, on telly that I could do. I do sort of – I'm a little bit more of the opinion, what you, you sort of touched on about – to real see the sort of like nitty gritty you do get to get to um watch as many games as possible really. And I think the work that I do for Rovers Chat and the writing, I prefer to actually write about a game if I've actually been to been to been to see it as well. And I think I think when you do go and you do watch, you you do get to see a different dimension of the game. Certainly with with some of the grounds where you actually like um it was even it was Brentford when um when we went in February, we actually because we got seats late, we we sat in the the seated bit as opposed to the terrace bit, and the view was amazing, really. And the sort of like um what you could see in terms of say Adam Armstrong, for example, his running off the ball, his ability to pick positions, you would you would never actually see that sort of like watching on on telly or at sort of like a, a ground level.
1: Yeah, definitely. There's pros and cons to both sides of things. Um, I can certainly see opinions across the board there but um, interesting that you just mentioned there and we'll, we'll kind of finish up on this you say that you found it easier to go when you had um, someone to go with I've got a three-year-old um, Tony who I spoke to before you has got a one-year-old um, Brian's got a three-year-old so that often is given as a, as a reason for for not being able to go to games because family circumstances, trying to get the time off, as it were, to, to, to spend all that time travelling and, and following the Rovers, from, especially from a distance. Do you find that that changed as Joshua became more conscious of football of Rovers?
3: Yeah, I think so. I think um, he, he, the first game we went to, he was it was when he was five, actually, and it was a it was a birthday present bought for me from my brother he bought myself and Joshua tickets for the first game of the season which was Derby away which is on a Sunday which was live on Sky can't quite remember yeah I remember the what year we drew one all but unfortunately because my brother's not a Blackburn fan he um the only tickets he could get us were in the Derby end so um we sat actually behind yeah. the goal that um Leon best equalised in with like the last five minutes to go Mm -hmm. so not only did I have to sort of contain myself I sort of had to put a hand over him not to not to jump up too much in a in the derby fan crowd but no he absolutely loves going he likes the whole experience when we go it's like a a whole day thing we like to get there early sort of have something to eat get to the ground have a have a good look around it Joshua likes to get into the ground early sort of see the players warm up try and see the bus come in etc so yeah it's been um it's been sort of like a good, a good second push for me to to go a lot more to games since I since I've had.
1: Interesting to hear Jonathan talk about how his relationship with his son has really helped his kind of Rovers fandom. There, um, Joshua sounds like he'll be a massive Rovers fan for the whole of his life, and I wonder if that had gone differently, would Jonathan um, still have the same passion for the club that he has now? Obviously, that's a rhetorical question that we'll never be never know the answer to. Um, but somebody else who has a, a strange kind of stories the why they started supporting Rovers is our next guest, Brian Light. Um, I spoke to him whilst he's actually back home at the moment, um, just down the road from me in Middlesbrough. Um, I thought I was contacting him whilst he was out in Iraq, but um, it turns out he was literally five minutes down the road from me. I probably could have shouted to him and we could have kind of, uh, had a conversation that way. But um, he has an interesting story about it and also um, in what's becoming quite a theme to this podcast. uh, Another young child who's trying to be converted to the Rovers cause. So, um, you know, we'll talk about that at the end, maybe. Hi, Brian. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, really good, Thanks. And um, so you have an interesting story um, as, as a Rover supporter goes. Are you from Blackburn originally or kind of how did you kind of start supporting the Rovers?
4: Um, well, I'd never even been to Blackburn before I turned 25, if I'm honest. Um, right, I couldn't okay. even tell you how to get there. Um, originally, I was born in Arbroath in Scotland, um, but I lived most of my life in Southampton, hence the, the southern accent. And... Um, when i started getting into football i was about eight years old and i tried following my home team our broath at the time scotland division three you couldn't even really follow it on teletext um so i ended up basically just kind of picking somewhere between where i was from where i was living at the time i uh, either luckily or unluckily picked blackburn um
1: so I kind, just of, kind of I, them, or was there any kind yeah, of? I, I, well, about... I kind
4: of picked it, and it was meant to be a bit of a joke at first. I um, I'd never really kind of expected to catch the bug for Blackburn, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Because um, I, I did kind of just fall in love over the course of like three or four seasons, and then I just became obsessed, to be quite honest.
1: So, what um, season I mean, was that the... that you started following it? Uh,
4: this was eighty-seven, eighty-eight season.
1: Okay. Not a bad following in a way no,
4: Not really um, however the first game that I actually got to watch Blackburn play in its entirety was us getting beaten by Crystal Palace obviously oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> can't everything. you get something to get used to I suppose
4: So yeah they're, they're, that kind of set me up for how my uh, experience of as a Blackburn Rovers fan was going to go really um, I always kind of liked the underdog anyway I think Being British, we all do to a certain extent, but Blackburn are probably a a good example of an underdog and what can be done. So I've kind of stuck with it ever since. Um, About 15 years ago, I moved to Middlesbrough. Um, Obviously, about two and a half hour drive. As soon as I moved to Middlesbrough, I took the opportunity, season ticket, and I was uh, was there every opportunity. Hence, my first trip into
1: Blackburn ever. So when was the last time so you went through you would on a regular basis or have you ever been or what's the kind of situation with managing to get to the home matches?
4: Um well I used to be uh, a season ticket holder for seven or eight years. Uh, when I first moved to Middlesbrough, I made the decision I would get the season ticket two and a half hours each direction every other weekend or you know, Monday night games. Um Kind of had to give it up when I got the, the job working away in Iraq. Um, so I, I do still miss it today, but it's it's only maybe a couple of times a season I get the chance to get to Ewood Park now, just because of the the way timings work out for me.
1: Absolutely. So you still do get to go. You mentioned obviously this is the reason why you're on the podcast, not just picture it randomly. We know that you kind of live away and an interesting kind of place that you've ended up in. So how did you get to be kind of based over in Iraq, and how's that kind of affected your? Well, we're oversupporting supporting. I know it's probably far more, more, <laughs> more important than that, but obviously this is a very. Uh, We're always orientated podcasts, but we are interested in general life as well. So kind of what's the story behind that?
4: (laughs) (laughs) Well, um, it it kind of came around by accident, to be honest with you, after the uh, the last wave of recessions. uh, I I used to work in vehicle rental um, and then the recession kicked in. I got made redundant and then I got made redundant again within like two years. So I decided that I would try and find something that was a bit different. Um, somebody in Iraq gave me an opportunity. I ended up going over there and a couple of promotions later, and six years down the road, I'm I'm kind of still there waiting to get out. (laughs) 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 That is basically what you feel like when you're over there, you just want to get out. Um, Obviously, it does make make life a bit difficult supporting Blackburn over in Iraq, especially not being in the premiership um you you do get the occasional game on being sports but generally speaking i'm completely dependent on social media to to find out exactly how we're doing in any given game um just purely because the internet's that bad you can't stream anything you you can't really do anything Uh, i mean to be honest with you it takes me about six hours to download the podcast that that, that's how
1: bad the internet is over there well we must best make this one a good one then if you're going to listen back to yourself uh, we uh, to make it worthwhile so that really is like so kind of living vicariously through shot through brfcs through everybody that you kind of follow on twitter is that is that fine you kind of get it colored through that then are you not really getting a, a very good picture of what's going on at the club or are you quite happy with 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 how you can follow it that way
4: um, it, it's actually quite a good experience following it that way because you get a really broad spectrum of fans opinions and you get input from basically all over the place and it is quite interesting getting that input and seeing where people have got ideas that maybe differ to what you think is going on in the background it, it's, it, it's kind of a, a fun way of doing it but by, by no means is it a replacement for, for actually watching the match it's uh it, it's hard work
1: I, I won't lie it is hard work yeah that's well, interesting though like thank you for your time and in, in speaking to us i really appreciate it i do have one final question for you um in preparation for this podcast i ran um some kind of background research and, and one of those was a poll on twitter and i also put the polls out on facebook chat groups about how often you really need to see the team to be able to be Like a a true supporter or a real fan, which are are both terms that I kind of hate, to be honest. But um, 52% of people on Twitter said you need to see them like on a regular basis, six or more times. Do you do you think that? Do do you agree with that? Or I mean, obviously it's quite Um, 50-50 in a way. A lot. um, 30% of people, just to give some balance, said you don't need to see them at all. to be a true fan it's not how it's measured so where do you kind of sit with all that sort of stuff
4: i I kind of understand why people do think that you need to get to a certain number of games each season but i totally disagree with it um for me if you can be the the most hardcore fan ever and not have an opportunity to get to a game in a season um that doesn't that doesn't devalue that person's support for the club or anything else it doesn't matter what club it is you know, it, it shouldn't devalue that person's support of the team. And for me, people who who make a point of putting people down on that on that front, it, it's just a waste of everybody's time, to be honest. You know, we're we're all supposedly supporters of the same club. It shouldn't really matter how often you get to go to the games. Obviously, you want to get there and as many people there as often as you can. It's as
1: simple as that. I think a lot of people are lacking in our situation because I. We're talking actually only, we should tell people we're only actually about 10 miles apart from each other as we're having this conversation. I live in Stockton on Tees, so uh, that was quite a good, fun, fun discovery to, to work that out. But I think both of us, we want to get to matches as often as we can, but through different circumstances, it's not possible.
4: Exactly. I mean, for, for myself, obviously, if I was to buy a season ticket, I'm automatically missing 50% of the games on that season ticket because I will be out of the country. I've, I physically won't be, well, within 3,000 miles of EWood Park. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it would be nice if I could find someone to, to share a season ticket with so I could get back to EWood more regular, but it, it doesn't work like that. It's real life. And, you know, those opportunities come up very rarely, so I have to kind of accept my lot at the moment. Things might change three four seasons down the road, and I end up with a season ticket again, which would be great. But if not, then I'll I'll carry on getting to the games that I can.
1: Yeah, so he doesn't actually mention his three-year-old daughter on there. Uh, we had a conversation about it just after we wrapped up recording, and he said it's a done deal that his uh, his daughter's going to be a rover supporter. He's got, he's got her in the blue and white halves already, despite his uh, his missus being a a, a Dine Double Middlesbrough girl. So, um, yeah, really interesting to see how Brian's been able to follow the club um, in a kind of remote area of the world still, in a way, for us. We don't think of that area as a, as a particularly um, football kind of area. So, interesting to hear his stories of how he can follow the club from there. And then somewhere where we know it is a hotbed of football is Germany, and um, quite an active presence on Twitter is Bavarian Rovers. And um, I caught up with Bavarian Rovers to see the genesis of that account and, and where the rover supporting started for him.
5: Hi, Chris. How are you? Hi, good. I'm, I'm fine. How are you, Andy?
1: Yeah, Very well, thank you. Really kind of you to kind of join us um, for this podcast. Um, a lot of people will know you on Twitter as Bavarian Rovers. Is that kind of a clue as to where you are based? Are you from Bavaria? Do you, have you always lived there? Tell us a little bit about kind of your background, like where you where, where you. Um, from.
5: Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm born and bred Bavarian. Um, I'm from a. Uh, I was born in Munich, but now since I'm four years old, I live in a suburb of Munich uh, with a very very German name, so that's why I don't pronounce it here. <laughs> Um, it's, um, yeah, I've, I've only been out of, of my area basically wants to live for a year in America. Um, and, uh, but I've, I've, I don't have any family ties to the UK and that's where the, uh, where the exotic part starts. Um, I actually like my connection to Rover started in like 2006, seven ish, right after the world cup. Um, where Brett Emerton and Lucas Neal played for Australia and I kind of rooted for them as my underdog team as ever since Germany was yeah that's that's pretty obvious but um, I picked the random underdog team which was Australia back then and um, ever since then I kind of like got Blackburn on my radar and then in 2007 when Rocker Santa Cruz joined Rovers from Bayern of course which is my the team my family supports. Um, it pretty much came into the focus because I really liked him. To play at Bayern as well. Really nice guy, as we all know,
0: yeah.
5: and uh, a pretty decent player, as we all know. Uh, and um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I was pretty hooked back then, and that's when I started to like become a fan. But in 2008, in the summer when they um, when Rovers played um, Hoffenheim, when Hoffenheim got promoted. To the Bundesliga in in Kufstein. That was my first Rovers game. Um, I met some people from Blackburn there uh, who who were involved with the uh, the fans forum, and um, they like they invited me over. I I got over in October to watch the Man United game, um, which we unfortunately lost. Um, but um, it was uh, just a great experience, a great weekend. And, um, yeah, ever since then, I'm, I, I pretty much became a diehard, being infected by their enthusiasm and their love for the club. And um, ever since 2008, basically, that's that's when I really started this Bavarian Rovers thing, which became, um, if you know uh, Little Britain, basically the only Rovers fan in the village for a very long time for me. <laughs> no, I really, I really felt like this because there were like some people who, yeah, we we heard of them or we know them, and, or the just some random guys were like, oh yeah, Shira, I still got the shirt, but no, not a lot of fans in this sense. Um, until I really kind of over a football team I played with, like a like a re- Sunday league team, you could say in, in yeah. English sense. Um, I got some guys to come over to a, um, a preseason game in, uh, in Salzburg against Bader Prague. And they got the whole experience as well with meeting all my, all the people who I've <laughs> known for all the years before. And, um, with the, um, we, we caught some match worn shirts from the players, which they, all the players wore uh, through their shirts in the crowd. And. Uh, it was such a great experience that they um, they became fans as well. And unfortunately, um, because of Corona, um, we would have gone, uh, if Corona would have happened uh, or wouldn't be here right now, um, we would have gotten to EWoods uh, last Monday um, and we would have made the ultimate uh, ground-hopping trip over the weekend with Man United and Salford mm-hmm. and leading to Rovers and mm-hmm. having okay,
1: an, so you had a the park tour and everything. Now.
5: Yeah, so uh, that was like the whole trip got cancelled. And um, yeah, but it, it's, it's just cancelled for now. So we'll, we'll see when, when I can get the guys over. And uh, yeah. You said the that, guys, so
1: how many people have kind of caught the rovers bug now in, in your little area?
5: Um, it's basically like f- around f- more, five more guys. So we're six right now. Um, it's a mixture of, I would say, um, well, six guys, seven with me, uh, with myself. Um, they, uh, it's basically, uh, like a couple of Bayern fans and 1860 fans and, um, actually a Frankfurt fan as well, who's a, a working colleague of mine who I just, uh. Um getting on his nerves with Rovers all the time till he was like okay i 'm gonna come with you to England <laughs> so um yeah but i'm I'm pretty happy that i i yeah, I have some people to watch games with and um to to kind of like they 're not as crazy as I am.
1: But uh, that's fine. <laughs> that's fine. I, and obviously I'm speaking to you on a, on a video here and I can see how crazy you are. You've got the Rovers yeah. 1992-93 shirt on. You've got the yeah. um, Rovers wall in the background, which you showed me. You've got a Lewis Holtby signed shirt. You've got a Peter Whittingham signed shirt as well, which obviously yeah. Um, yeah. has become more poignant over the last few weeks. So with that sad news of Peter oh, yeah. Whittingham. <laughs> that's in way. You've kind of answered my question already about you. We can tell you've been to we Wood already. Um, but when was the last time that you actually saw us live then? You've not been able to come this week, but when was the last time you, you did yeah. see us live?
5: Um, I've been to EWood six times already. Um, all in all, with, um, let me think, uh, three pre-seasons. I've been to Reid, I've been to Salzburg and Kufstein, so 2008, 2016 and 17 to the preseason games. Um, and I've, my last game was actually the QPR game uh, in October last year, which we lost at Loftus mm-hmm. Road, yeah, uh, I which was, was also my team. first away game, Rovers away game and so on. Um, but in the end, uh, it, yeah, it was kind of worth the trip still uh, because we had a great experience and we met Lewis Holtby. Uh, yeah. That's where we signed our shirts. A friend of mine got a shirt as well. Um and uh, it was really nice to meet him and yeah, of course to to reconnect with all the people I know there and um yeah.
1: And did you and did you say to Louis Holt like we're like German Rover's fans and was he did you have yeah, a yeah, yeah. conversation? We
5: um it was pretty funny actually. He um rightfully so, he was really pissed off by the game. Um yeah, because you cool. could see like he was putting effort in and effort in and uh, he came out it was like he wasn't really in the mood to give any autographs or photos and everybody could understand it. Um, yeah. but we were like shouting at him in German. Hey, Louis, Louis, we're from, we've, we came from Munich and so on. And he took the time, uh, had a quick chat with us in German. And, uh, of course signed the, um, signed the, uh, the shirts and there's a pretty, pretty nice photo as well, which I think I put on Twitter and the Facebook page um he took with us um and uh yeah really nice guy and we really appreciated that he um he just basically turned around on the heel to uh to uh save us the day basically yeah
1: yeah <laughs> obviously he wasn't quite much for that i don't think that's that stage you only recently signed for us to think on this so um yeah, let's go yeah, yeah. let's talk about um how you kind of stay in touch with the news around the club then um, do you just follow certain accounts on Twitter? Do you follow the club religiously? Like, how does that work for you?
5: I w- I would say it's rather religiously, yeah. Um, it's it started pretty pretty innocent with me uh, looking up the groups on Facebook and starting the Twitter account back then, which I kind of on and off uh, used over the couple of years. Um, and I I still I already use it now regularly for I think two years uh, again. Um, really uh, on a daily basis with Corona now, <laughs> even hourly. Um, but um, yeah, I stay in touch over the Facebook groups. I, um, as I said, I know over the last 12 years, I'm a, I'm a really fan, a big fan now. Um, I know a lot of people there which I stay in touch with over social media. And um, yeah, it's uh, social media is a big part. Uh, in all that and i i really very quickly started to read the uh the telegraph as well uh to get the uh newspapers view on the on the things as well and yeah it's it's, so, yeah, it's a good way for me in a yeah it's, kind of all uh, the normal all,
1: ways that everyone that all of us guys kind yeah. of keep in touch with it now and yeah. i suppose that's one of the things that you know the world is a smaller place than it used to be and i can imagine if it, you would trying to follow the rovers in 1992-93 like your shirt there it would yeah. be a very difficult much more Definitely. difficult task yeah. um so what well, do I wish. <laughs> fr- yeah what do your friends and family think of this rovers obsession that you've developed you said that you kind of follow yeah. Bayern as well and you've got an under hacking yeah. shirt up as well yeah um, what what like what do your friends and family think of this that like, it must be a
5: bit strange it's for uh, yeah it was you could you could basically compare it to sort of an outing in the beginning. Um, I was like, oh yeah, I like I like this pretty much, and then like the obsession started. I started buying jerseys over eBay, and I started going to these uh, random. Um, basically, back then, to the first game, I drove one and a half hours to Cookstown all by myself to watch Rovers. I didn't know anybody there. Um, I just basically um, came and just met some random people um and um it's it's really started getting momentum after that and ever since like my my parents actually they um they had to uh yeah they had to they had to accept it basically because <laughs> <laughs> they're big Bayern true. Munich fans ever since and uh ever since the 60s basically so the Hunes Müller, Beckenbauer era and so on and um I've yeah, I, 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 lo- I love Bayern as my home team, but so, yeah. so is Unterhaching. But from the, um, from the family feel and the spirit of the whole club, um, that's why Unterhaching is also very close to my heart. Uh, that's why I like Rovers, because yeah. I, I, ever since I knew about the club, the history, and I'm a, ve- I'm a big history geek, so um, I, I basically am like a sponge for these things. Um, And ever since I got names like, yeah, Rocky Santa Cruz, um, Mark Hughes, who also played for Bayern for a bit. And then way, way, way back, you have people like William uh, Billy Townley, uh, who was the first guy to uh, score a hat-trick in the FA Cup final in the 1890s for Blackburn. and uh who sadly didn't get a mention in the english game, english game. I, was I was going to bring that time. up uh,
1: when you finished i was going to say have you yeah. watched the english game? Yeah.
5: okay okay um and uh, but yeah ever th- ever since i knew about people like townley who, who in his respect was one of the first um people outside of germany who was a fc Bayern manager um so there's like a really really deep connection and the uh the whole thing rooted in the community and everything so that's why yeah everybody everybody accepts it now i'm I might be the odd guy sometimes of course but um, from from the people or should I say the footballing friends I have in Blackburn um, and my all my friends and family and so on everybody who knows me here they don't know me anything else for the last twelve years basically so that's You're that's right. me and that's how I how i like
1: you <laughs> yeah you're basically bavarian rovers to everybody now yeah thank you so much chris for get, for joining us for that it's really good to know that we've got um such a great fan out there spreading the rovers word out in bavaria and um, you know well, hope yeah. to see you again soon hopefully um you know the yeah. the crisis abates a little bit so we can have so we can meet up in real life as well so but thank you very much for your time
5: definitely definitely yep yeah. thank you very much
1: uh, and from Bavaria we go over to the United States of America to meet Daniel um, you may know Daniel from his Twitter handle the one and only juice um, he has an, again a random story about how he manages to start following Rovers but that seed becomes an obsession and interesting to hear how he kind of started following the club and how involved he is in the club now Okay, so uh, we're joined by Daniel. Hi, Daniel. Hi. How's it going?
0: Good, good, thanks.
1: And uh, how are you coping in this strange and unusual time that we're having across the world at the moment?
6: Uh, not bad on, uh, on the face of it. Um, I used to work all, uh, from home a lot uh, with my family business, so I'm kind of used to being home a lot, so...
1: Okay, well, as long as everyone's you know safe and well, then that's so, we can just ride this out hopefully and and get rovers back on uh, back on plane as soon as possible from our perspective. Um, so go. people can tell you're not from Blackburn Lancashire. Tell us a little bit about where you're from um where you where you're living now if you if you if you're from uh, where you are originally, and then just give us the information as to why you support rovers.
6: Yeah, absolutely. Um, Well, I'm from the Aurora area, uh, which is um, about 45 minutes west of Chicago, Illinois, and uh, I grew up in the uh, suburbs of Chicago, uh, pretty close by where I ended up now, and uh, back in the uh, 2002 World Cup in uh, Japan, South Korea, uh, the States had a really strong World Cup. I, I followed most of the States and uh, Ireland because of my um, Irish heritage quite a bit. And uh, two of the players that stood out in that cup for me were Damian Duff and Brad Friedel. And uh, my brother saw how interested I was and he was already following Newcastle, which I still don't know necessarily why he's a big Newcastle fan, but um, but he told me about the Premier League and introduced me to that and uh, suggested I pick a team that wasn't uh, you know, Manchester United or Liverpool or something like that and something that'd be a little more interesting to follow. And I saw that Damien Duff and Friedel were on the, on Blackburn. And then, you know, once you get to see the kit too, you're like, you're sold on it. <laughs> uh, yeah, right.
5: yeah.
6: But yeah, it. I started following back then and, uh, uh was soonest in charge. And, um, I remember, you know, trying to follow the club online, which was difficult at the time. Cause there was hardly anything except for a few message boards and, they weren't too friendly to the Yanks, so I right. uh, tended to just stick to like the BBC news and stuff like that. But uh, once Twitter came along, it made it a lot easier to follow Rovers and, and get in touch with uh, the fan base a lot more, which has been fantastic, because the fan base is really wonderful.
1: And uh, so people will know you once with well, may, may or may not know you as the one and only juice on Twitter. Yeah. Um, tell us a little bit about kind of your... Getting onto Twitter and who you started to follow in and, and why, and, and tell us a little bit about your profile picture on there as well, because it's quite an interesting one. <laughs>
6: yeah. Uh, well, I, I started going to work for a larger company uh, a little while back, and I kind of wanted to distance myself from, you know, because on, on social media, especially Twitter, sometimes we can get a little bit uh, profane. So I uh, just wanted to keep it a little bit more uh, vague on there. Uh, so clients in that wouldn't see my tweets and get a little, you know, offended or whatnot. So, or, you know, just to keep it less uh, uh, detached from my professional life. So I chose Bob Crompton because, uh, you know, I, I've done a lot of reading and research on rovers throughout the years. And, you know, he's got one of the best and biggest legacies for rovers that there is. So uh, um, I figured he'd be, uh, uh, you know, as apt the profile picture for a rovers fan as anybody. So timeless. As well. Yeah,
1: absolutely. I wrote uh, a piece for Rovers Chat on Bob Crompton. And to be honest, even as a, I'm from Blackburn originally, don't live there now, but um, I I didn't know that much about him. In fact, I'd barely even heard of him. And this shows like how much history is sometimes airbrushed a little bit. Um, when you start supporting Rovers, and I did in the late '80s, early '90s, and then you get into that whole—you know, you would have missed out on all, obviously the title win and and even yeah. and all that time in the Premier League. Um, and then you, you kind of think that kind of Rovers history started then, and. Um, you know, you speak to a lot of people, like on Twitter and through the message boards, and and realise about all of our legends in the past. And I I still didn't really know that much about him before I wrote the piece. And he really is a massive legend. And without him, there wouldn't be the Blackburn Rovers that we have now, which, like yeah. you say, is still storied in history and, and has its place, hopefully at the heart of you know British football. Um. So <laughs> that's enough about me. I'm sure we're talking about you. Um. <laughs> Uh, so you've said you stay in touch with the news around the club through um, message boards and Twitter and, and things like that. Do you see many live games at all? Or, you know, have you ever been to Ewood Park?
6: Uh, uh, no, I've unfortunately never been to, to Ewood. Uh, the furthest I've been, the closest I've been to it is uh, in Dublin. Uh, my family went to uh, Ireland for a week uh, back in 2005 and I was trying to convince them to get over to England so we could go to a game. but. Uh, know, we had it all planned out and, you know, it just would have been too expensive uh, to make that extra trip. So uh, one of these days I'll definitely, uh, I'm looking forward to getting out there. I I do follow a lot of uh, the fans on on Twitter and, um, you know, I'd love to be able to meet some of those people face-to-face too. I think that'd be fantastic one of these days. I have met some people um, who are from Blackburn in the Chicago suburbs, actually. I, I bartended at a bar in St. Charles, Illinois, called the Dog and Duck Inn. It's no longer there, but, um, we had a guy who lives in Blackburn. He said his bathroom gets lit up by the Ewood lights and, uh-huh. and, uh, he was actually stationed for work in St. Charles for a couple of years and he was a big Blackhawks fan. So he would come in to watch the Blackhawks games in my bar. And, uh, he ended up giving me a signed Rover shirt, um, uh, as well, which I thought was pretty uh, kind as, you know, about as kind as you can get. Uh, uh, um and then we also had the uh the second city rovers uh there was three other uh great fellows who lived in chicago for a while and uh, we used to meet at the globe pub in chicago uh for a game or two here and there but they've since um uh, i think most of them have moved uh, away one's in holland now and i think another one's back in england so
4: yeah
1: so What's the access like to all those matches over there? You can't really, since we dropped out of the Premier League in 2012, I imagine like, it's very difficult to get kind of live streams, or do you, do you manage to get some, some live matches stuff?
6: It was really brutal the first uh, year or two that we dropped out, uh, especially since the Premier League had um, just gotten bought by uh, NBC. They had just started airing every single Premier League game uh, the season that we dropped out which was very frustrating. But then Rovers introduced iFollow uh, shortly thereafter, and I've been able to watch just about every single game live because of iFollow, which has been a massive uh, blessing for for, uh, for anyone who's not uh, able to get the eWood. And uh, that's helped a lot for me to, to be able to follow the form of the players a little bit better and, um, you know, be able to make my own decisions on players versus having to to read the reactions of fans, which can be, you know, <laughs> a bit hyperbolic on Twitter.
1: Yeah, and also on Facebook as well. I don't know if you're on the other yeah. fan groups on Facebook. It can be it's difficult to um to work out what the real truth is, isn't it? Sometimes through just following it that way. So it is important, I think, to have a to have your own opinion based on the actual facts that you can see for your own eyes um yeah but so i ran a, a poll on twitter in preparation for this i think you might have even seen it um where i was asking people how often you need to see your team live um in the flesh as it were to be classed as a real fan or a true fan um terrible terms i know but um <laughs> it turns out that it turns out that over half of people who responded said that you need to see them on a regular basis or you know over six times now obviously a lot of people also respond and say it depends where you are right so you you being in chicago i don't think anyone would expect you to make the trip over to watch rovers you know even even once a season but how do you feel about that and where do you kind of sit on the on the dichotomy there between never seeing your team live or uh you know seeing them regularly
6: well i know it's a different um uh Uh, beast entirely but i I recall back to the the chicago bulls uh back in the michael jordan days uh you know the halcyon days of jordan and there was a waiting list for tickets like i said i know it's a different beast between rovers and the chicago bulls back then but um i was never you know i I lived in the area all the time and i always wanted to go to a bulls game but you know they were always sold out you were on a waiting list for like 10 years (laughs) to go to see a match there so, you know, most of the Chicagoans weren't able to see uh, the Bulls back then, but they were massive fans. And I don't think anyone would call anybody a, you know, a fake fan if they weren't going to the games every day. But, um, you know, I would put it that either that or you could also look at, you know, how do you support the club? You know, Like myself, I'm not able to go to EWood. I'm not able to go to the, the brick and mortar club shops or anything like that. But, you know, I support the club through um, purchases of iFollow, uh, through... Obviously, you can see behind me in my, my shirt, you know, plenty of uh, merchandise. I try to support the club that way as well, buying the kit um, and other types of merchandise purchases. But also uh, trying to spread the word of the club on you know social media and, you know, keep things flowing through that as well. And, you know, keep supporting the club any way you can. I remember back when Lynn's was doing her um, fundraising for the, uh, uh, the women's team. Um, I was supporting that, and you know, I've supported some other causes. Uh, the, the, um, what was the the supporting group that came up when the Bankies first uh, started making the terrible decisions? Um, yeah. The Rovers Trust.
4: Yeah.
6: I'm still a uh, a card-carrying member of the Rovers Trust as well, so I support them too.
1: Exactly. I don't think anyone listening to that would. Ever describe you as a as a fake fan or a fair weather fan? Um, just to re, just to wrap up then, like what do your what do your friends and family think of this Rovers obsession that you developed? You, you mentioned that you know it's a Newcastle fan in the mists as well. Um, is is it regular for Americans to have like a British team? And if it is, then are they not usually Man United, Arsenal, City, Chelsea, that sort of thing?
6: Yeah, it's um it's become a little bit more uh part of the norm nowadays when, when NBC took over, they did a really strong push for the Premier League and, and for um for Americans to uh kind of pick a club. That was another bad timing for Rovers. We could have gotten a lot more uh, Americans involved had we not gotten relegated that season because they did that strong push. Um as a matter of yeah. fact, I, I remember like a fair few amount of people starting to support Burnley when they came up. I thought, Oh God, here we go. What? Uh, but what? <laughs> yeah believe it or not but uh yeah it's uh, my family uh they kind of saw me make the transition as well and they I my mom actually used to coach me in soccer when I was growing up um, I know a lot of people cringe at my word soccer but you know it's an American right. way <laughs> <laughs> right. uh, yeah, I, my brother is a Newcastle fan. He's been that for about a year or two before I started getting into it. Uh, so we both have a mutual respect for Alan Shearer, mutual love for him. And uh, it's it's become a lot more regular these days. Um, the Men in Blazers is a big podcast and, and part, part of the NBC shows too. So they've helped to uh, spread uh, you know, the British, the Premier League um, across the States as well. So it is becoming a lot more of a, a respected norm here in the States as well.
1: Yeah. For real? Right. Okay. Well, Daniel, um, thank you so much for your time and joining us from across the pond. Um, really appreciate that and keep supporting the Rovers and spreading the word. And one day we'll be back on NBC if they still have the rights in 25 years. I'm sure we'll make it at some point, hopefully, hopefully <laughs> sooner rather than later.
6: Yeah, absolutely. Well, we've, we've got the chance if we can finish this season off uh, that, you know, Holtby's gone his way back and you never know. But, yeah, uh, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Um, love your guys' site also. Um, it, it helps, uh, you know, people like myself out in the States keep up to date and, and you know, mingle with the uh, the Rovers community as well. And I um, appreciate the, the quizzes and all the other stuff that you guys are doing to help keep us all entertained during the, the quarantine so
1: keep, oh, keep it up uh, We have another one on Tuesday so I look forward to you uh, maybe catching it yeah. when you can actually catch it so thank yeah. you very much Daniel and uh, really really massive pleasure speaking to you thank you so much
6: You're
1: Thank you I hope you got the same sense as I did when listening to Chris and Daniel that it doesn't seem to matter how you start sporting the club once you get infected by the blue and white then it's very difficult to let it go and I'm sure that clubs up and down the country have fans that are just as passionate as, as ours are, um, maybe not as wide reaching because we have that history we have that um, recent success as well that does mean that a lot of people who when, once they feel that in the blue and white halves then it's really difficult to let that go and I have to say like having spoken to all five of the people that I've spoken to it's lit a real fire under me to make sure that I am supporting my club how great a club that we have here especially with that history behind us and again you know let's see if we can get ourselves up to the to the Premier League but we don't need to have that to be the club that we are and um, and I'm really glad that I've spoken to the fans here and I think that we've kind of realised once and for all, if, if people didn't agree already, that you can be a real fan and you are a real fan as long as you have that blue and white halves in your blood and in your heart. And uh, hopefully you've enjoyed listening to that today. And you know remember to subscribe to all of our um, 1875 podcasts. We've got another special one coming out player podcasts coming out we've got cl- quizzes, we've got the stat show on YouTube, we've got loads of things going on still throughout this crisis and again, hope you're all well and we'll speak to you again soon Bye